Hello and welcome to episode 76 of the NFL Scotland podcast. Week 11 was another belter for the top teams, however it hit others harder than a Garrett swung helmet. My name is Cameron Hobbs. And my name is Paul Mitchell. Yes, the season looks like it's over for Miles. And now mathematically, it's over for two of the 32 teams. We'll be looking back at our highlights from the weekend. With the Bob Ag Award looking a dead cert, we'll give out your suggestions for our Belter and Baufin Awards. We'll then look ahead to all the Week 12 action as the race for the playoffs really hots up. Our Charles Patterson has had a sit-down chat with a Scottish international player who's been watched himself by several NFL players in one of America's biggest sporting cities. That sounds good. And as ever, we'll wrap up with all the latest news from around the league, including the Bad Announcing Awards for 2019. Now, Paul, we have to start with the big story from the week and we go all the way back to Thursday night because it still remains a hot talking point for a number of reasons. We've already alluded to the fact that our Bob Ag Award looking like a dead cert this week. Miles Garrett, uh, Mason Rudolph and several other uh, Steelers at the end of that game. What on earth was he thinking? It was fairly ridiculous, wasn't it, with eight seconds to go to get into a wee bit of a fight like that. Uh, I mean, in terms of Miles Garrett, I mean, yeah, Rudolph was the ancient provocateur. I don't think there's any doubt about yeah. that. You know, he was trying to wind things up. But when I last checked, football players are allowed to talk to each other, to annoy each other. That's been going on for quite a while. Um, you know what, Cameron? I would have understood it. Still wouldn't have agreed with it, but I would have understood it if the Steelers were 30 points up. Yeah, You know, Miles Garrett, all he's got to do is, hey man, look at the scoreboard. That's all you've got to worry about. But, to, you know, to take his helmet off, now if he'd thrown it away, but at that point you can only believe he was not actually in control of himself, not the same normal Miles Garrett. Now, he is a thoughtful guy, he's a clever guy, we know all of that, but... I mean, I firmly believe that in some sports people, and in fact, in a lot of them, there are two different characters. There is the guy that's off the field and the guy that's on the field. And the guy on the field, sometimes you cannot control. And if you can't control him, you've got to take what comes to you. I mean, I would certainly put him out for the rest of the season, no doubt, but I would have done that if it was week two. So I think he's got to go, and I think they would have to interview him and talk to him before they actually let him back in. So... He's obviously appealed the ban, first and foremost. You know, uh, I think it's under the rules. Um, you cannot get an indefinite ban for something that happens on the field, apparently. So the PFA are involved in all that sort of stuff. Um, the I'm going to go to one tweet that we've had from Delirious Nomad, who we know is a Browns fan, because this is a talking point that comes on the back of this. So when we're talking about Bobag, he says, I'm assuming that the Bobag is the squealers quarterback for trying to twist Miles Garrett's head ruined like an owl, kicking him in the ham haws and then thinking it was a bright idea to go after Miles when his teammates were ushering Miles away from the ball bag. So obviously there's been a thread with this where the Browns fans are frustrated and annoyed that Mason Rudolph has largely to date got away with this scot-free. I think there's been a fine. Um, there still could potentially be a ban, I think. If you look at the there's a couple of things in this, and I've, I, when I've watched it over and over and over, you know, I'd heard that it happened. There was chat about it on several of my WhatsApp groups in the morning, on the Friday morning. I went on and looked at it. Right away, you cannot miss Miles Garrett grabbing the helmet. First of all, lifting Rudolph up by his face mask, pulling the helmet off, and then swinging that helmet as a weapon. That, for me, my initial thought was, 
my God, I've never seen anything like that. Is this the NFL's Duncan Ferguson moment? Um, and that was the sort of thing where I went, my God, right, this is going to have repercussions. When you look at it in a little bit more detail, Mason Rudolph does try and remove the helmet of Miles Garrett, and he is trying to pull that helmet off. So Rudolph is not blameless in this. However, the re- the sort of result and the reaction to the initial action is so over the top and ridiculous, especially given, to your point, there's seconds left on the game. The Browns have just pasted them. Mason Rudolph has had an absolute stinker of a game. The Browns, you know, it's their first time they've had four interceptions since 2012 in a single game. The Browns' defense had his number all night. So why lose your rag? Let him do that. Find React, push him away. Um, but then it all kicks off after that. And you can understand the the bands that go with it as well. Um, I think it was Pouncey's... Um, was kicking and punching the helmet, which I still, to this day, I do not understand. Why are you yeah. kicking a player in his helmet? Ridiculous. Um, I mean, <laughs> just Pouncey should get more games for being dumb. Yeah. Uh, I did have somebody suggest to me that Rudolph shouldn't be banned, because what can be worse than having to play quarterback for well, the Steelers? Yeah, that is, his, that is his suspension. He's got you to know, play next and, week again. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And I did suggest that uh, for punishment, Miles Garrett should be made to play for the Bengals. Every snap, offensive, defensive, and special teams for the rest of the season. Some of the Bengals fans that I know would actually quite like him on their team. They like that sort of character. I think that'll say everything about that. Um, But, you know, I mean, he had a horrible night. He had a terrible performance, and then he polishes it all off with that. You know, he was... um, what was it? It was one touchdown, four interceptions, four sacks, passer rating for Mason Rudolph, 36.3. Um, you know, that's ugly. It's the lowest of the week of everybody. You know, um, even AJ McCarron, who didn't throw a single completion, got a better passer rating than that. Um, so, you know. <laughs> I, th- I think you're allowed a bad game. I think, you know, and but obviously he's not mature enough in the NFL terms to handle it. I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick, for example, you know, could throw one touchdown, four interceptions, and be enjoying a nice steak and a bottle of red wine two hours later because he's been there, seen it, done it. And he knows that he had no intention of throwing these interceptions. But sometimes it just happens and you have a bad night. Miles Garrett, to me, it's inexcusable what he done. Now, he could have seriously damaged Yes. Uh, and that's the thing. It's, you know, there for the grace of God. If, if he connects with him on the side of the temple with that thing, he could have killed him. And that, to me, is a different a different story altogether. Uh, I think Miles Garrett is extremely, extremely fortunate that we're not talking about something a lot more serious. But in terms of Garrett, his team's winning. You know, he should have been on that moral high ground. He should have been able to taunt Rudolph without getting drawn into anything. And if anything, make Rudolph swing at him and all you do is laugh at him. Yeah, totally. You know, you know, which makes it worse. But I think he deserves... Uh, his ban, uh, they can appeal it all they like. I think the NFL have done the right thing. You go in heavy, and then if you've got to say, okay, he's got a point, we're not allowed to suspend him indefinitely, so tell you what, he's getting 12 games, and then, you know, you can come back and we'll talk about what that means. So, I think they've done the right thing. Yeah, no, totally. And I think that, you know, it's it, I can understand why the Steelers fans are feeling, sorry, the Browns fans are feeling frustrated that, um, Mason Ruloff hasn't had more done. I think that first-time offence and all that's taken into consideration. But, yeah, uh, Miles Garrett took it way too far beyond. uh, And all it would have taken was to have caused some brain damage or an injury to Mason Rudolph. And it 
could well have been a police matter. You know, there's all kinds of rumours that the police were in the locker room afterwards and things like that. There's not going to be any charges. The legal teams were looking at stuff. But, you know, I think that's just all noise, to be perfectly honest. A, a horrible end that, you know, I saw people saying afterwards that even when they win, the Browns somehow find a way to lose. Um, and it was, you know, disappointing all round on that one. Um, one person, though, that we need to talk about on the Browns because we we do like to talk about them, to be honest. But, you know, PFF Cleveland Browns posted out that the Scottish Hammer dropped seven of eight punts inside the 20 against the Steelers on Thursday Night Football. He now ranks third in punt grade at 78, second in return percentage at 23.9, and first in average hang time, 4.59 on this season. Uh, we'll just get this in now. Remember, vote for Jamie Gillen to go to the Pro Bowl. He's the Scottish Hammer. Don't vote him because he's Scottish. Vote him because he bloody deserves it. Again, continuing his great form. Absolutely. Now, if can I take you? I think it was the the Bills game where there was a brilliant run back of a punt. Yeah. And Hauschka, the Bills punter, uh, could not have looked less interested in trying to make a tackle. Bottled if it. He tri- if he tried. He absolutely uh, yeah, he, bottled it. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 you, yeah, you're right. Now, could you imagine Jamie Gillen? going, yeah, on you go, pal. What I'll do is I'm going to jump when you're nowhere near me in the air to make it look like I had a go. I, I believe Jamie would have nailed him. Yes, he would have. Absolutely, absolutely nailed him. And I think, I'm sorry, punters, grow a pair. You know, you are a man there to tackle. If if the guys are... Now, if he gets past you, he's quicker, stronger. But it's the old rugby tackle, and if you've played rugby, you get the guy round the thighs. He cannot run. No. So put them down, no, you know. I, you've got the pads on as well, you know. You've got a helmet to protect yourself. Get in there and, and give it a wee, a wee go. I, I, I don't like seeing kickers whiff like that. It's a horrible thing. <laughs> Push Stephen Hauschka. He's protected. He's got to kick <laughs> those three points for both. Anyway, right. Let's move on. So, uh, what else took your fancy from the weekend? What were your highlights? My highlights, and uh, I have to say this is my genuine highlight, was any time that the red zone coverage of Scott Hansen went to Tampa when Tampa Bay had possession because you knew you had a pretty good chance an interception was about to be shot. <laughs> and it was. Um, and for Bucks fans, I do feel their pain. They've got good coaching. They've got good structure. They've got a quarterback who just cannot help himself with the throws that he makes. And that must be so frustrating. I mean, a couple of those interceptions were, were laughable. I mean, yeah, we've never played the game, you know, not to that level. And w- what we say and what we always tell people is anybody who steps onto the field of an NFL team is an amazing athlete, bottom yeah. line. But you've got to compare Winston against everybody else. And he just seems to brain fart. Um, and it, it's incredible and I mean that that was a personal highlight let, let me just say I, I'm glad the Saints came back that was an important win an important bounce back win several things caught my eye I didn't expect the the Raiders to struggle so badly against the Bengals I think the Eagles blew it against the Patriots I thought Bears-Rams was as honking a game as we thought it would be and I was surprised that stayed in prime time I thought the Redskins, I mean, I went for the Redskins. I was the only one of the NFL Scotland crew to go for the Redskins. They are unbelievably honking. Just 
unbelievably honking. The Broncos, again, they've lost, I think, four games by totally 10 points. They cannot finish. Um, now, you've got to give credit. I think we, I would like to talk about a couple of quarterback performances. One is Kirk Cousins in the second half of that game, and the other is, man, how good is Lamar Jackson looking? Yes, Lamar. Uh, and you know what? We had the chat, and it's so funny how much the context changes in a couple of games. Um, we had the chat about our mid-season MVP. And for me now, the conversation, and, and it's, it's a bit of a shame because actually Christian McCaffrey's still been doing what Christian McCaffrey does. He's just not been getting into the end zone as much. The conversation now for me is between Lamar Jackson and Russell Wilson for the MVP this season. I think that Lamar Jackson just absolutely brilliant. He is, you know, that's, I think it's four games in a row that the, the, the Ravens have won by 14 points or more which is really impressive as well. And again, we come back to the point where there was so many questions. There was the challenge, you know, go back to when he was drafted. You know, you should be a wide receiver. You should be a running back. You should be playing in these positions. Go and do your uh, combine day there. And he refused. And you know what? He's, to date, had the last laugh. The Ravens are sitting 8-2. and two, And that was, they absolutely picked apart the Texans, who were coming into that off a bye week. Russell, uh, Russell, Deshaun Watson who I don't think had ever lost by more than eight points in an NFL game or something like that. Yep. And suddenly they're getting absolutely hosed and they had nothing to offer. They really had nothing to offer. Um, as someone that's got Deshaun Watson in my fantasy team, it's very rare that he lets you down. But it wasn't a good performance. And that was a combination of the Bengals' defense doing what they needed to do. And then Lamar Jackson absolutely punished them. The amount of times he, he made his throws, uh, he was impressive on that side of things, but he got his yards as well. Um, and it's just... Yeah, just continuing week after week performance. Uh, he's an absolute star. He's a joy to watch. Uh, and the Ravens are in there with an absolute shout of going all the way to the Super Bowl. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he'll carry them. I mean, he must be the best last round first pick ever. You know, I, yeah. mean, I mean, he was a Heisman Trophy winner. You know, back in 2016. So, and it, okay, Star had faded a little bit at Louisville. And some people would say, well, he was playing in the ACC. But, man, you know, when when you look at it, you just think the talent evaluators. You know, Baker Mayfield went one. Sam Darnold went three. Josh Allen went seven. And Josh Rosen went ten. That's the quarterbacks ahead of him. Now, he made his debut a year ago this week. Um, and he's just been absolutely stunning and you know my, my concern remains that somebody's going to take him down on a running play and he might leave himself open and he needs to and I'm sure the Ravens are telling him you know you've got to slide a little bit quicker you've got to make sure that you know you're protecting your body but at the moment he has everything he's got the legs he's got the throw he's got the reeds but the, the, the cautionary tale is sitting behind him for me in RG3, who had a similar start, perhaps not as explosive, but everybody loved what he did, and look what happened to him. So he's got to make sure he looks after himself a little bit better, and if he is hurt, you don't play. But wow, I mean, I thought that would be a close game. And yeah. if, if you were to say to me, Cam, you know, that the Jets-Redskins would be a closer game than the Ravens-Texans, yeah. no. I know, I totally agree. Totally agree. Um, what other headlines then? I think that the do you know what I'm going to do them justice because I know you're going to you're not going to do it. The Falcons. I think credit needs to go to the Falcons. The changes that they've made um, to the coaching setup, 
midway through the season seem to have had the desired effect because they held the Panthers to just three points. They were impressive on defense. That's four straight wins against the Panthers that the Falcons have, and they've won seven of the last eight. They know how to beat Carolina. And even when they're having an offseason and Carolina have looked pretty good, they've still managed to get it done. Now, that helps your Saints out big time um, because it really means that there's not any threat in that division. At eight and two, your closest rivals at five and five. You've got a three-game swing. Um, fine, you've still to play the Panthers twice, but you can now afford to lose both of those games to the Panthers as long as you win all your others and still win the division. So that's got to be a nice place to be. It is. I want to see the Falcons now play out of division because, you know, their coaching staff knows the Panthers. They know the Saints. You know, the players themselves would know that, you know, they tend to beat the Panthers. That's just one of the things that they do. You know, they won there last year. I want to see them out of division. But, you I mean, you have got to give them all the credit in the world, you know, to go into the Superdome and win and then the following week you go on the road and, you know, you beat the Panthers. Uh, you know, absolutely top-notch, but can they do it out of division with teams they're less familiar with? Can the coaching staff figure things out? You know, are they just using things that have been successful in the past against opponents they're very very familiar with? I think that's going to be a very interesting look. And uh, they play your 49ers in a few weeks as well, so we'll see where, see yep. where that goes. But it's Leading... a couple of weeks, though, until they even get out of division. They've got the Buccaneers this weekend, yep. and then they've got the Saints for Thanksgiving, then they've got the Colts, um, and then it's time for the, the Niners after that, I think. Yes, it is. Uh, then it's the Niners. Um, week 16. I'm trying to look at the schedule as I'm doing this. Not a good idea. Jacksonville Jaguars. And then week 17 is back to this somewhere. Someone. Right. Anyway. <laughs> Sorry. Can, can I talk Should about have checked your... that before I came on. But never yeah. mind. Can I talk about your 49ers? Of course you can. Anytime. Because I, especially I this did, season. <laughs> I, d I didn't watch the game. Right. I listened to the game. Okay. Um, and it's interesting, uh, they've, it's Greg, Greg Papa, first season calling the games for the red and gold. Uh, he took over uh, the play-by-play -play duties. So, um, you know, it's, it's interesting that, you know, Ted Robinson went somewhere else uh, after 10 years. Now, I didn't know who the play-by-play -play guy was. It turns out it was Tim Ryan. But what I could have told you was he had to be a defensive lineman. <laughs> Because he sounded like a defensive lineman. Yeah. He was so excitable. Oh, hey, oh, well, you know, and all of this stuff. It was a really interesting listen. I have to say, they sounded like what I would class, and I don't mean this in a bad way, a local radio team. Okay. They didn't sound like they would be network quality, um, but they worked really well together. They made the broadcast interesting. I mean, Greg went off the charts for... I think the touchdown that clinched it, but delivered the final touchdown, which was the interception that they walked back. And all they went was, you know, uh, touchdown SF. Yeah. Whereas they played in the post-game show the, the calls of the touchdowns that mattered, and he, he was off the charts. They were an entertaining listen, I have to say, uh, but they wouldn't be overly high up on my list, I think. Right, okay. <laughs> Good to know. Um, but yeah, so the Niners... We've got a bit of character about us this season, which is most pleasing. You sent me a message saying, 
what time do the Niners kick off uh, <laughs> at, at the point when we were 16-0 down. And I, do you know, it was almost a repeat to an extent of when we played Arizona in Arizona, where we came into the game and started really cold. Whether there was a bit of a hangover from the, the Seahawks game, I don't know. But I'll be honest, I thought if we go into the half and it's 16-0, we're in trouble. Thankfully, that wasn't to be the case as things got going. Um, and Jimmy Garoppolo ended up on a really good day, 424 yards for four touchdowns again, which equals his best ever. Um, two interceptions, fine. He needs to tr try and remove them a little bit. Um, but Debo Samuel had a great day, 134 yards. Uh, Kyle Juszczyk, um had... I think he stepped up into the George Kittle role, and he, in essence, became what that big, strong, tight-end threat was. Although... Um, you know, uh, Ross Dwelly did a particularly good afternoon. You know, he had four receptions, only 14 yards, but two touchdowns. Had another one called back as well. Uh, Jeff Wilson ran one in, which was another good one for him. He only had the one receiving pass, but came into the game, 25 yards, scored a touchdown when it mattered. And then we showed character right until the end. And it, it, I mean, the last touchdown, to give it a 10-point difference, was a, a, one of those ridiculous ones where obviously it's more like rugby than anything else. And the ball's pinging around all over the place. But you know, in the end, we come away uh, with a 10-point winning margin, uh, beating another in-division team, get our heads back in the game, prove that, that you know, it wasn't a burst bubble, uh, go on and get a win. We're now 9-1. and one. We're having a winning season. That's an improvement. At the start of the year, if you'd said to me, the Niners will end as a winning season, 9-7, and seven, I would have bitten your hand off for it. Now, now that we've got 9... I want 12. I don't think I'm going to get 12, but I want 12. I want 12 and 4. I want to win the division. I think we might get 10. We might get 11 if we're lucky, but I think we'll struggle beyond that because the schedule gets mighty, mighty difficult here on in. So let me ask you a question. What do you think is more likely, because you're 9 and 1 at the moment, over your next six games, what is more likely? Are you more likely to go 15 and 1 or are you more likely to go 9 and 7? Oh, geez. Because we've got to play the Saints, the Ravens, and the Packers, and still uh, go to Seattle, I, pfft, I'm going to say it's more likely to go 9-7 and seven than 15-1. and one. And that I'm being negative and cynical and what have you, but the schedule is so difficult here on in. It really is. Uh, the Ravens, in particular, definitely fill me with fear. The Saints, we've got to find a way to get through the offensive line and close Breeze down. The Packers, <laughs> do you know what? If we can, if we can put Aaron Rodgers off his game defensively, then there's a chance for the Niners to win that. But that's a tough ask, and we'll come on to this game because it's next week's as well. But yeah, do you know what? I'm I'm happy with what we've done so far. I uh, I hope we make the playoffs. I've not got high expectations to go particularly far in them, um, but you know we're pretty battered and bruised on offense as well. But I think that you know there's there's definitely a lot of signs to be uh, encouraged about in San Francisco. Oh, absolutely. I mean, to be honest, see if you go three and three in this stretch and end up, you know, being 12 and four, I think it'd be a tremendous achievement for you. You know, but one of those games is against the Falcons. Now, three weeks ago, that was in the win column. Yeah. Now it's what what Falcons are you going to get? That was your potential relief week. And that's not there anymore. I think it's brutal. You've probably got the hardest schedule of anybody coming in, but that's just the way it goes. Sometimes you get soft schedules, sometimes you get slightly harder ones. So, But I, I like the bounce back win for you. And I just think 
you know what? It's just going to be fascinating to watch San Francisco over the next few weeks. And when you're getting to, you know, mid-November, end November, if you can still say the games are going to be fascinating, you've got to be happy. Yeah, no, absolutely. Right, we're going to get on to the awards then because we've got lots to cover uh, this evening. Uh, before we do that, a couple of shout-outs. First of all, for teams, I think John Brown in particular, two touchdowns with the Bills doing what they needed to do against the Dolphins. But the Dolphins have had a little bit of pep and zip about them. So, you know, we give them a little bit of credit. Uh, the Raiders did what they needed to do. Uh, the Patriots struggled out uh, a close one against the Eagles, a little bit of revenge. The Rams struggled out a close one against the Bears. Uh, the Colts were particularly convincing 264 rush yards, which is the most they've had in a single game since week 11 of 2004, as uh, Nick Foles looked as though he was back, but then he went away again because he wasn't very good. Um, Cowboys continue to win as well. 38 wins so far for Dak Prescott. But let's go to Twitter then and get some of the thoughts for the nominations. As we've said, pretty much the ball bag, unless someone suggests something else, is Miles Garrett. Polly, who is our resident Buccaneers fan, uh, he says he doesn't know what happened in the, in the early games. Did anything happen? He was too busy watching I'm a Celebrity <laughs> Get Me Out of Here. But no, seriously, well done to the Saints and Michael Thomas in particular. But his belter goes to the Ravens. Baufin goes to more bad officiating again. Um, and he says no need to bother, of course, with the ball bag. Uh, George Jackson, his belter's also the Ravens. Baufin for him is a toss-up between the Panthers, Texans and Broncos, who blew a 20-point lead in the fourth. Uh, Bob Ag, obviously, is Garrett. He talks as well about Wise Mason getting off scot-free. Matt McLaughlin, his belter is the Falcons, who seem to have found some form. Baufin, Panthers, shockingly bad again. Lauren Callahan, his belter is the Ravens for putting 41 up against the Texans. Also, Michael Gallup's Lin Swan-esque catch. Uh, Lin Swan's catch, I assume he's talking about, is the one from Super Bowl X, which he kind of leaps up in the air, comes down on his back with the ball. Very impressive. Baufin, Mitch Trubisky, 190 yards on 43 attempts. Numbers to make Cutler look like a Hall of Famer in comparison. Harsh. Ouch. Harsh. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Um... Patriots Nation UK podcast, um, they've been in touch, their belters, the Raiders, quietly going around their business. Baufin is Marshall Newhouse. Uh, Bobag, Tony Romo, I really like him, but seeing the Patriots defence have a bunch of nobodies was extremely harsh. Um, now, before I go on to the rest of the ones, I saw this earlier on and it, it interested me because I agree that does seem like a really harsh thing to say because it's a very talented defence. But I think what the point probably Tony's making, and it's one that we've made before, is that Bill Belichick gets more value out of the sum of the parts than the parts are valued individually. Is that fair to say? Oh, absolutely. And I think that that's his signature. I mean, sometimes broadcasters can come out with a, a clumsy, slightly clunky phrase that, you know, you can take slight offence to. But I'm... I'm yeah, I think that's basically. I think it was a, it was a backhanded compliment to the coach and just the fact that they are seen as such a unit. Bottom line is, Patriots are nine and one. Somebody's got to, you know, somebody's got to work pretty hard to get that first seed off them in the AFC. Yeah, indeed. Right, Stu, the kilted cardinal, he says Belter has to be the Ravens. Jackson's weekly offensive masterclass is great to watch and great for his fantasy team. He won't be the only one saying that. Bowfin. Obviously, we've mentioned that he's Cardinal. Cardinals defense and defensive coordinator Vance Joseph. Poor play calling and decision making cost the cards in another close game. Hard watching the same errors every week. And again, we'll stop on this one because, yes, th there may be some of that, but there's still plenty to be excited about in Arizona. Um, I think that on 
you know, fine defensively, they're maybe at times looking a little bit um, poor, disappointing, what's he put, bad play calling. But offensively, you know, Kyler Murray's something else. He is Russell Wilson Mark II for me. Yeah, I mean, he's a smaller version of Russell Wilson. Yeah. But I think I, I really like his footwork. And what also impresses me this early is I'm really impressed with his decision-making. Yes. You know, he hasn't come in. He's not playing for a good team. He's playing for an okay team. And at this level, you would have thought, well, if he had 8, 9, 10, 11 interceptions, fair enough. But he just hasn't been gifting them away. Um, so, you know, again, I, I don't really want to bash Jameis Winston, who's in year five, who, you know, continues to throw dumb passes. Kyler Murray doesn't look like that's his MO at all. He's just got a nice, quiet confidence about him. He does look fragile. There's no doubt to me. He just looks small. Um, but you know, he's got through, he's won a Heisman, he's an incredible athlete, you do not get offered the chance to play, you know, minor league baseball at the money he was being offered, if you're not a great sportsman, and he just has all that natural, natural talent. Indeed. Um, so, he's also got a very young receiving core, other than Larry Fitzgerald, you know, those players yes. are all year one, year two players, and his backfield's been totally banged up as well, they've brought in Kenyon Drake, who's already plugging and playing, you know, David Johnson's on the sideline, you got to think when he's fit, you know, out of this bye week, maybe he'll come back and he'll play more, but anyway, time will tell on that one. Two more then, and we'll go to our awards, Ian says, Belter, Debo Samuel stepping up with Sanders and Kittle banged up, Bowfin, the officiating again, the non-PI on Hopkins was made worse when it was challenged and still not overturned. We'll come back to that one in just seconds I'll finish this off Belter Lamar uh, Ross Downey sorry his Belter's Lamar Jackson no explanation needed the man is MVP Bowfin is the whole Eagles wide receiver group they're hanging vents out to dry every single week but let's go back to that PI call um, because this rule uh, this rule came because of the Saints but it's not going to see a second season is it? Well I mean I mean it's incredible it seems to be based on I mean I would call it the Zabruder law you know, from the film of JFK on that infamous day in Dallas, you know, you see something, it looks fairly obvious, but there's so many complicated parts that come around it and everybody's got their own theories about what actually happened. The, it, it's dumb. You know, the whole point of this is if it looks like pass interference it smells like pass interference. Yeah. It walks like pass interference. It's pass interference. What we're not asking them to do, and it may be that this is badly worded, we're not asking them to admit that they got the decision wrong. What they've got is a challenge situation that in real time, they have made a call that they believe to be correct, but go to the screen, as we see in rugby, go have a look and think, yep, I got that wrong. Yeah. And they're not calling them. This is insane. I mean, Richard Sherman, you know, had a look a couple of times. Um, you know, he got he got flagged for stuff. And suddenly he's like, you've got to be kidding me. It's a tough call to make. You know, they're coming together. It's so quick. What angle are you looking at? Now, as I often tell people, the TV angle we get, even from four or five different angles, is not the angle in which the officials see it. They're on the level. They're looking at it from a different perspective to what we see. So when you get the addition of going to a TV screen, looking at it, have the, just the nerve and good grace to say, yep, that was pass interference. This is farcical. Yes, and it's almost, I've seen some chat that 
there, unless it's absolutely egregious, they got it so horribly wrong, like something as bad as the one in the Saints-Rams game, unless it's that, they're not going to overturn it. That's almost what it feels like. But that's not the point of the rule, because no. let's be, that, that only came around because that one was so horrifically bad that you needed to introduce this challenge. Um, I, I genuinely wonder whether or not they've put this into a PISA situation, do it badly so that it gets pulled the following year. The teams all hate it. They'll say, what's the point? Let's just get rid of it. It slows the game down. And then in the future, it gives them the opportunity to cut uh, a complicated rule that nobody really wants. And you know what? We've sped the game up for you. How about that? You know, it's sabotaging yourself and slowing it down just so you can speed it up again by removing it. Um, it's a bit like EasyJet, you know, um, over-egging how long it takes. Not EasyJet, apologies. Ryanair, over-egging how long it takes you to fly to London. A two-flight to London, how does this happen? Oh, look, we've arrived in London an hour early because they've totally just egged up the fact that they're going <laughs> to London via Copenhagen. Um, so, I hope you're not flying with them anytime soon. No, I am not. Anyway, um, so so yeah, I, it does feel like a ridiculous one. And that one against the Ravens was a stonewaller for me. If that if it was a penalty situation, it's a stonewaller. Um, it was pass interference all day long. It should have absolutely been called that was their opportunity to do it they didn't do it then so it does make you think there's got to be something else going on there absolutely absolutely so do you want my my nominations then yes let's start with the belter the belter the ravens i mean close second kirk cousins for the way that he played uh you know, credit to, to San Francisco for coming back. But I think that's the score that if you look up and down the board, that absolutely screams out at you. Nobody would have taken that as an over-under. So to me, uh, the Ravens. Yep. So I think that's fair. I, I am actually going to give it to the Vikings, though. Um, you know, that 20-point comeback is tied fourth largest in franchise history for the Vikings. That's pretty decent. But they were not even in it. They were nowhere close to being in it. Um, it was a, a, not an awful performance. And the yeah. Broncos were just scoring. It was quite something. Uh, it showed a huge amount of character. There's some great plays in that. And ultimately, the Vikings make themselves not just relevant for the playoffs, but potentially relevant for winning uh, the division. Um, you know, uh, 20 points in that fourth quarter. Um, uh, you know, 20 nil at halftime. Uh, and then ultimately to win 27-23, really quite something. Um, one other thing, though, I'm just going to touch on very briefly before, because <laughs> it just reminded me of something. The Atlanta Falcons um, sharing in Baylor's pain as they were 28-3 up oh. in the game and then blew it. And I just thought that was, do you know, it was a really nice touch. It was it was quite funny, loads of people jumping on it. Um, but I just, the, there was a tweet put out with a little emoji of a facepalm moment. The, those Falcons felt the pain of the Baylors um, on that particular night. But anyway, it's just a side note. So yeah, so uh, Vikings get my belter. What's your bowfin? Uh, I've mentioned them already, Hauska. I'm sorry, you, you've got to be able to tackle if you're a kicker. I'm not having that. You have got to be able to make a, just a decent effort. One that you can come off the field and go, well, I tried, lads. Nah, wasn't, wasn't for me. Um, and, and what a play it was, incidentally. What a pun return that was. Brilliant. Oh, Love watching yeah. them. Uh, Jamie's brother, Robert Borthwick, of course, off the uh, Terrace podcast and, and on the Terrace on the telly. Uh, he had 
put a tweet out saying there's nothing better to watch than a punt return. Um, to which most people were replying, yeah, totally, this is brilliant. And one guy saying, this is that easy, stupid sport. I was like, yeah, good luck to you, son. Uh, Let's see you yeah. try. Uh, for me, it's the Redskins. Um, Baufin goes to the Redskins, you know, to be so limp even against the non-effective Jets. Um, the, I don't know if you've seen the footage of Dwayne Haskins basically almost saying to his offensive line, what have I got to do? What have I got to do to make this easier for you? That's a rookie speaking to his offensive line that just looked like they couldn't care less. They're getting their checks. They don't want to play there. They don't want to be there. There was no fans in the stadium. Blech. See, I'm sorry, Carmen, you've fallen into the trap. Right. You have watched the video. Uh-huh. And you've seen exactly what happened in that video. You've come to a reasonable conclusion. Am I wrong? But, it, but of course you're wrong. Right, That's okay. not what he meant, according to the Redskins. No, nothing could be further from the truth. No, he was simply having a nice little discussion. Everybody, it's like, come on. Geese piece. We saw the video. Yeah. You know, it's not a series of still pictures with somebody narrating over them. This is not CNN versus Fox. We saw this. Yeah. You know, and you are absolutely 100% right. And please, teams, stop trying to defend the indefensible. Yes. Just accept it. It is what it is, and you're going to do something about it. Because it's just, yeah, that's a, it's a really bad look. Uh, if you're a Redskins fan, you've got to be worried about the future. You know, and it's we talked about at the very top about two teams being mathematically out of uh, playoff contention. Those two teams, of course, being the Redskins and the Bengals. Um, but at least the Bengals have still got a bit of effort about them. You know, it's Joe Mixon suddenly rocked up. Uh, first running touchdown other than Andy Dalton for the season. Um, yeah. I know they're 0-10, but they managed to keep it to within seven points against the Raiders, which isn't a terrible performance, especially in Oakland. Um, so if you're the Bengals fans, you could be pretty, you know, desolate as well. But at least there's signs of something to keep you watching this season. No wonder there was nobody uh, at the Washington game, because it just, ugh, I wouldn't pay well, to go and see that. Exactly. I mean, the, the difference being the Bengals went into the black hole and got out again. The Redskins are in a black hole and nobody wants to see them again. Yep. Absolutely. Simple. Go, go and ask me um, about the Bob Ag Award. Right. Sorry. Bob Ag Award. Who are you, oh, you're going to give it to somebody else? Well, I'll tell you what. Let, let's just agree that Miles Jack gets the Bob Ag Award. Miles Jack? But, eh, sorry, Miles Jack. He deserves it. Miles Garrett. <laughs> Miles Garrett deserves it. By, by a country mile. Yep. But can I give you another contender who on any other week I think would have won it? Okay. Colin Kaepernick. Okay. Now, you're going to go, ah, oh, but but let, let me just talk about this and let's set this into context before people get upset. We said on the podcast before, Colin Kaepernick has every right to protest the anthem. Yep. Colin Kaepernick is, at the moment, and when he left, was not a very good quarterback. Possible starter, certainly a serviceable backup, but he wasn't what you would call elite. He'd gone backwards. He is a political activist who does good work. Absolutely, take my hat off to him. Not a problem at all. But I'm calling him the ball bag because does he want to play professional football again? Yes or no? And my answer is no, he doesn't. 
and he's using every opportunity to just advance that everybody's against him and he wants to be a political activist. Let me just go into it a little bit further. I don't agree with the NFL scheduling a trial, let alone scheduling it for a Saturday. The NFL obviously felt they had a moral obligation to him with everything that has gone on because nowhere else as a quarterback been out of the league for three years is getting a pro day effectively like that. There's fault on both sides, absolutely. But bottom line is there was an opportunity for Colin Kaepernick to perform in front of teams. And by throwing the toys out the pram, moving the venue, he went from having 25 teams there to eight. That's Bob Aggery. <laughs> if you were going for a job and you potentially had 25 jobs or, you know, 25 possible employers coming to see you and to talk to you and you pissed off so many of them that that went down to eight, you'd be an idiot. And in this case, I'm sorry, I think Colin Kaepernick is an idiot. Now, before people jump up and down and flood my Twitter sphere and say all sorts of nasty things. Again, let's put this into context. Two of my favourite people in American sports television present PTI, Tony Kornheiser and Mike Wilborn. So I'm going to quote you to camera. Okay. Mike Wilborn, who again, set in context that he likes, you know, Kaepernick, what he's done, etc., etc. Quote, one time after another, after another, he undermines his own situation and I have a hard time with a lot of the stuff he does quote-unquote. Tony Kornheiser. Colin Kaepernick is at war with the NFL. In this case, he is the agent of his own destruction, and I wonder if at this stage he really wants to be a football player. And that's my point. I don't think he does. Now, he obviously wanted the media there, so he got the media there. He was wearing a T-shirt, which was clearly a dig at people which he didn't need to do. If he was dead serious about coming back into the NFL, showing he can play quarterback, which, tell you what, I'd be all for, he would have gone to the workout behind closed doors, he would have put on a decent jersey, and he would have worked out. Because that was the object of it. He wants to get back in. But to go from 25 teams there to 8 teams it is dumb. Yeah. And do you know what? <clears throat> so, a couple of the points that you made there. He did massively regress as a quarterback. He came in um, when Alex Smith got injured, uh, and he did really well. Took us to a Super Bowl. We were within a couple of inches of potentially winning that Super Bowl. Uh, yes. It was, a, you know, it was a very exciting player who was a different type of quarterback that was dual threat. Uh, you know, the read option was the new thing. He could use his legs. He could throw as well. Then... As it went on, and we perhaps weren't playing as well, his um, downside became very prevalent. Uh, it was very obvious to see that he only had super fast throws. Uh, he wasn't particularly good at placing the ball or anything like that. When the read option, when people can figure out how to deal with that and stop him running, then actually you take a quarterback like Kaepernick and you make him less of a threat. To your point, he's absolutely a serviceable backup. Does he want to be a backup? I don't know. I've not asked him. I've not heard him say no, but I've not heard him say yes to it. Um, we don't know if he's had an offer. I don't think he has, but yeah, this is it. He's had his issue with the NFL. Now, for me, there's a murky grey area in the middle of this around the waiver uh, that's been asked to sign about the fact that the, the media wasn't there. I don't know if this is a standard NFL thing around the media. I don't know. Um, 
around the waiver. I don't know how that works, I'll be honest. So I'm I'm kind of just putting that down as a grey area. I don't know enough. He's obviously taken exception to something. But yeah, to, to move but, it, but to, have it an hour on. later... Cameron, take it. Take the exception before you agree to do it. Get in the room, agree what's to be agreed, and then announce that that it's happening. Don't agree to it and then switch out of it. I mean, you've had long enough to figure this yeah, out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, and in just in just in pure footballing terms, his last nineteen starts, he's three and sixteen. You know, he's not helping himself. He is not somebody that was 16 and 3 and coming back and everybody's rushing to see him. You know, he's not helping himself. And th- this is my point. Colin Kaepernick, the quarterback, the football player, is not helping himself. Yeah. Yeah. No, and you've got a, you've got a good point. Um, and I think this is one that's going to continue to boil over. And again, this does feel like t- two parties at war. It doesn't feel like anybody's trying to get a resolution to this that is mutually beneficial this is going to continue to be noise uh, and i don't i don't see him ending up on an nfl team anytime soon um i don't think that'll come on the back of this um i, I could be surprised it could be completely wrong but i don't think it'll happen now don't get me wrong cameron if he wants to to go and do what he's doing you know go into political work try to you know make life better for people i salute him for that but please don't whinge about you want to be a quarterback if you wanted to play the game go up to canada and play it any of those cfl teams would probably have a punt on them you know then you know you get yourself back in there i just simply don't believe that he wants to be a quarterback and if he doesn't stop pretending that he does and go away you know go and get yourself elected to congress he's a smart guy you know, if he wants a political career, go and make a difference. Good on him. But stop trying, stop, stop trying to pretend that you want to be a quarterback because at the moment, for me, he doesn't. And again, please, people, don't think that I'm trying to have a go because he had a kneel or whatever. I fully support him and all of that. That's entirely his right. I'm trying to talk about Colin Kaepernick, the football player, the quarterback who wants to play football. And to me, he's just being a ball bag. Okay, right, we've 45, 45 minutes into this one already, so we've got lots to cover. We've still got an interview coming up with the Scottish Internationalist. So before we do that, let's do a really quick update on our pick six. And rather than talk through the games again, what we'll do is we'll focus in on the pick sixes for this week. I haven't told you them yet, Paul, so I'm going to land them on you. Um, okay. But I need all the advantage that I can get because after a really disappointing week where I just managed to get two correct, I'm now sitting on 31, tied last with Charles, also on 31. Gordon and Ian are both on 34. Ian had a really good week getting five out of six right. Um, And then yourself and Jamie both got four, so there's no change at the top. You've got 38. Jamie up on 40 points. So there are nine points difference between myself and Charles and Jamie out in front. Uh, So I've got some catching up to do. The games this week will start up, first of all, with the Giants at the Bears. Yeah, I mean... Horrible, isn't it? It's, it's a horrible, horrible game. Um, you know, if you're a Giants fan, you just got to go with the fact that you will probably have the best attacking player on the field in, in Barkley. But can Barkley bounce back? I mean, from that, you know, what, what, one yard from 13 carries? I mean, that was horrible. The, you know, Trubitsky apparently has an injury. Um, whether that's true or not, so we may say Chase Daniel. Um, so, 
the Bears have got a better D, and I would see that that would take them through. So I'll go Chicago. Yeah, I'm going to stick with you on that one as well. I've already made my picks, so I'm not changing them this week. This is most weeks I change them, but on a whim, and I go horribly wrong. So I'm sticking to my guns. Uh, I've got the Bears as well. I do think as well the defense is going to be the difference here. Uh, obviously, the Giants uh, coming in off a rest, but uh, not being playing particularly well. And I think that the Bears have enough about them to get a win there. Game two, then, is Battle of the Birds, Seahawks at Eagles. Well, now, the Eagles have to be disappointed. There's, You know, I, I thought that was a winnable game. Uh, to me, at the moment, you know, Russell Wilson's in the MVP conversation. It's a tough one for Seattle to go in there and win it, but I think they will. Yeah, and I agree with you on this one as well. I think it is Seattle. I think these are both close games. Hard to call. Um, but I think that Seattle... I just have a tendency to win these. They are on form and they are fighting for that NFC West title. I think that the Eagles' heads are down. The wide receiver core, as they've mentioned, isn't up to it. Uh, London-born Jay Ajayi. Um, I didn't know if you knew uh, that he was born in London, Paul. Not heard it for I a did, while. Yeah, I did, to be fair, if it hadn't been for uh, the old helmet swinging and the guy who can't schedule a, you know, an audition properly... The, the NFL UK might have got a wee mention as Bob Ags. Uh, for... <laughs> so, but I like I like them too much for that. Yes, indeed. Um, but yeah, so uh, I agree, though. Seahawks are going to win this one. Um, so game three is the Buccaneers at the Falcons. Right. Th- this is where the Falcons better come to play because I'm going to pick them to win. Uh, I, I just think until they, they, they address the quarterback issue, I would probably rarely pick the Bucks. Matt Ryan's shown he's there. It's the defence, though. It just seems to me they have made the right adjustment. We always thought they were a talented team. They're coming through. Three wins out of three for the Falcons. So I'm actually going Buccaneers with this one. Uh, and Only because the Buccaneers tend to win when you expect them to lose, and when you expect them to do half decent, they're, they're terrible. So um, I think that they will actually come in, and I... I don't know if this Falcons thing's real or not. I really don't. I think that Winston will give the ball away a bunch of times, but he can still get yards. And I think that the Falcons secondary, if he can get the ball um, over that sort of defensive line and linebackers hunting them down, if he can get the ball out of his hand, then they can score a bunch of points, uh, which is something that the Saints nor the Panthers have done the last two weeks. Um, so I guess it just depends if this Falcons thing's real or not and I guess I'm still slightly cynical uh, they can do an awful lot of offence they're banged up though uh, in the running game I think that might tell uh, I think that the Buccaneers might win this one hmm. Game 4, Jags at Titans uh, I'm not going to mess around with this I think the Titans have got a little something and every time I pick the damn Titans uh, they lose so <laughs> I still think they're they're one of the most frustrating teams of the year. But, you know, can they back up what they did against KC? I think they can. Yep, and I agree as well. Titans uh, coming into this one off the back of a wee break. Uh, and I think that the, the Jags, I think that Nick Foles needs a couple of weeks to get warm again. Uh, I think that's fair to say. And... I think this is still going to be too soon for him. I think that the Titans can do enough. I think that Derek Henry could do a bunch of damage. Looking at the amount of yards that the the Jags gave up to the Colts, you know, for the most they've had since 2004. So I think that Derek Henry could have another one of those career days against Jacksonville. So I have the Titans there as well. Game five is Cowboys at Patriots. 
you know, Dak's in great form. There's no doubt about it. But, you know, you can't back against the Patriots in New England. I think this would be a really interesting game the other way around. Um, but, no, I'm staying at home for this one, New England. Oh, this is where I'm. This is where I start uh-huh. losing my mind. I'm going cowboys. <laughs> I I was speaking to Gordon McGuinness about this earlier on. I need to go and do some research, but I have a hypothesis that Tom Brady struggles always around this time of year as he adjusts to the cold weather. I think he needs a bit of time to get his joints going again, and I'm convinced that November is always a bit of a tough month. For the Patriots now, they still win, but I don't think they win as convincingly. And I think up there in New England, where it'll be a bit, a bit nippy, a bit chilly, uh, I think that Dak and those Cowboys could go in and do some damage. Dak is in really good form, um, and you know that can't be ignored. So the Patriots, typical of the Patriots, doing what they need to do to win. But we saw that you know Lamar Jackson had what he needed to do to beat the Patriots. The the play card is there. Uh, Jason Garrett needs to go and watch that tape. He needs to figure out how he gets Dak Mobile, Mobile, sorry, how he gets Ezekiel Elliott to be a threat. Get Amari Cooper fit again. Michael Gallup, Jason Witten, go in there, cause them some damage. I've got the Cowboys to win. And then the last game, game six, is of course Packers at 49ers. Right. So this has been the first week in a long time where you've not picked a Saints game, which I'm very grateful for, so I can actually relax and watch it <laughs> for a change. <laughs> Um, 49ers this is a big moment for them now the last time the Packers went west coast it all went horribly wrong at the Chargers and I don't think they're going to do this again because whatever Aaron Rodgers alluded to the problems that they had potentially nights out people doing things there's no way that's going to that's going to repeat to me you go with the king until the pretender can prove otherwise the king here being the Packers, uh, Green Bay will come away with the win. And you know my strategy for this one. So I'm picking the Packers. Uh, absolutely. I actually think this could be quite close. And I think, again, I sort of mentioned this earlier on. If we can get to Rodgers, we can put him off his game. We've got a chance. Um, but it's a tough one. I'll be perfectly honest. And I, I agree with you. you got to go with the king. He is, for me... The the quarterback that's got the single most influence on any games. I know that we talk about Lamar Jackson and all these guys, Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes, but for me, an on-form Aaron Rodgers does exactly what he needs to do to win games, and that's just what he does. He's done it for years. If he's fit and he's got enough pieces around him, he can do it. The run game's a danger in Green Bay, again, for the first time in a long time since there was a semi-slim Eddie Lacy. That's been a while. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> Says me. Um, but, you know, I think that Green Bay can come west, get their ducks in order. They're coming in off a bye week. They can come and get a win uh, at Levi Stadium, sadly. So, yeah. Right, OK. That concludes then the pick sixes. Um, we're going to go to the news in a second. But just before we do that, our very own Charles Patterson, who's going to have an eye on that Packers 49ers game, he had the opportunity to sit down with a Scottish internationalist who has been watched himself by some NFL players, which is quite something. And, Paul, we've had some people sort of comment on Twitter when we announced this, saying, oh, not another one of these interviews with these Johnny-come-latelys talking about the fact they've seen two games, but this isn't one of those. No, it's not, and I can assure any of our regular listeners or any of our new listeners, we do not buy into this, what we call the Wembley crap, where you get somebody who's been given free tickets to come along, they pick a jersey, and they talk about how they've always been a, a lifelong fan 
you know, of the Tennessee Buccaneers. It doesn't work. We don't like it. And we're only going to speak to people who have got a love of the game. Remember, we had a great chat with Henry Pergos, big Denver fan, a while back, the Scottish International Scrum Half. We're only going to speak to people who love the game. Bottom line. Absolutely. So we've got Scottish and internationalists here. He plays in America. He plays in one of the biggest sporting cities in America. And we talk to him about that. So here is Charles with Johnny Russell. Yeah, we have a little special guest uh, with us over from the States, uh, Johnny Russell of Sporting Kansas City. And are you now a paid up member of the Kansas City Chiefs fan club? <laughs> um, I mean, I don't know about that. Obviously, it's, I've been a, a huge fan of the, the NFL for years. So one of the ones, the, the first team that I went to see, sort of naturally, it's the first team you support is uh, the Giants. So uh, Why was that? It was just it was the first game I've ever seen, um, so I thought you know, there's no better. So was this at Wembley? No Did yeah. you go and watch them at Wembley? I seen them, seen them at Wembley. So when was that? Oh, it's a good few years back now. So when they were good? Uh, no, I don't, don't know about that. It's been <laughs> difficult times. Difficult times. It has been difficult times. Um, We've got um, Jamie Borthwick, who uh, works for STV, is uh, a, on the podcast, and he's a big Giants fan, mm-hmm. and he's the only member of the podcast team that's actually having a losing season at the moment. So uh, I'm sure you can empathise with. I him. can empathise, but no, obviously moving to, no, I wouldn't say it was, you know, I was a massive fan. It's not like picking your team, picking your team here, but um, no, having having been in the the city now for a for a couple of years, and mm. no, I've definitely jumped on the the bandwagon there, and you know, buzzing with the the Chiefs at the minute. So it's. I think moving to the, the city, how much they get behind their team, how much they love their team, it's it's definitely drawn me in as well. At the moment, Kansas City, of course, have got probably the biggest star in the NFL mm. and Patrick Mahomes. Mm. Um, what is that city like on Sunday when the Chiefs are playing at Arrowhead? What's what's it like as a city to be in, this, as a sports city? Uh, I mean, <laughs> unless you're downtown at the pubs, it's pretty dead. Everyone's making, <laughs> everyone's making their way there. Uh, but no, he's like you said, he's the guy's been phenomenal. I think he's just he's just broke a record recently for mm. most throwing touchdowns in. And he was the MVP last year, of MVP course. MVP well. last year, so I mean the guy continues to grow for strength to strength as well. So he's he's been he's been brilliant and it's you know, it's amazing to be amazing to be in a city there where obviously that's their it's their biggest sport. Um mm. to to see how, you know, the city takes to that guy as well and no, he's came to see a few of our games as well. He's a big fan. Um, haven't had the opportunity to meet him yet, but you know, him, Travis Kelsey, uh, Tyreek Hill as well, all attend our games. You know, quite regular. So, you know, hopefully, I can return the favour and get myself a few games. It's not really worked out with the uh, the way our games work. Um, they're either away or we've got a game the same day, so it's it's been difficult to get to to games, but. Hopefully, put that right and get to see them. So there's been a bit of crossover between you guys at the football team and and them. I mean, as a city, do, do you all get behind the other teams? Because you've got the Kansas City Royals, the baseball mm. team as well, who won um, the World Series a few years ago. Mm. Do, do do you see each other um, in town? And I mean, do you, do you guys get mobbed like maybe Patrick Mahomes does when he's walking down no, the high street? No, no. <laughs> we're uh, we're a little fish in that city, so. <laughs> No, I mean you don't. You don't really get any any bother. No real recognition, recognition as well. So, you know, they're the 
they're the top dogs there. But no, there is there is a lot of crossover. Like I said, uh, you know they come to a lot of our games, mm. um, get in with the fans, start a few chants as well. There's always a few videos cutting about of them. So no, it's it's something that I've not been used to, um, and it's an amazing place for that. When you're in the city, they just they get behind their team, whether it's the American football team, whether it's the baseball team, football team, even our college, like their college football, they're, you know, they're just a massive city who just get behind their teams, mm. love to love to support their, their city and for me that's that's something different and it's it's good to be a part of. That spectator experience in America, <clears throat> did that surprise you when you went over there? <clears throat> what what it's like tailgating yeah, at Arrowhead? Just, I know, it's just, like that. it's it's just different, um, completely different to what I'm used to. But it's a, it's an amazing experience when you go to yeah. um, in any of their sporting events. It's, it's a, it's a proper celebration. You know, it's it's entertainment for them, and you know they, they go about it. I mean, the right way. There's a, there's no half measures. They go all out for anything they do, and it's, you know, for me that's it's exciting to be a part of. It. Now, got to ask you, if you were an NFL player, yeah. What position would you play? I'd need to, I'd need to stock up a bit. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Um, I'd like to. Quite a speedy guy. Speedy you know? guy. Score a lot of goals. I'd like to. I don't know. Running back, wide receiver, somewhere I can use my pace. That'd be obviously need to bulk up a bit for that. But it's uh, no, that's something that I, I would. Tried any drills at, at, at Sporting you know, Kansas City? We've got an American football and uh, and our gym, so there's a lot of messing about with that. Um, but you know, we don't really don't really do it too much. But no, it's something that I wish that we had more of over here um, when I was a kid mm. because it's a I mean it's a fun sport to, to watch and I'm sure it'd be a fun sport to play and be a part of as well as a wide receiver you need to have the, the hands for it I don't know, I've, got, I've got good hands I think um, I'd like to think so I'm, I'm actually not bad with my hands so not a kicker Harrison Bucker's the kicker for the, the Chiefs and he's nailed a few 50 yard kicks this has, he's, uh, although he had one block last weekend I know, you know I mean it's a lot different kicking a, a football than an American football yeah. um, no, but it's uh, I like to try I'd like to try something different if I was involved in that. There's obviously been regular games over here at Wembley, mm. which I know you mm. obviously said you went to see the Giants a few years ago, mm. and this year at the mm. Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Yeah. Um, we had the Raiders and the Bears, and the Panthers are in town mm. as well, and the Buccaneers. Um, can you, as someone who, who's living and working over in the States, how much, um, how much do you get the vibe that, the British crowds are really into the NFL and that I mean we see more and more games I, over here mm-hmm. all the time I mean there's I mean, this chat that there could be a franchise in the United Kingdom I mean well I think the I think the teams enjoy coming playing here mm. uh, I went the most recent one I went um, there's a lot of the Derby a lot of the Derby boys that were, were big into the NFL we've got a we've got a league as well still keeping contact um, so I went a fancy up, league yeah fantasy <laughs> league so how'd you get on with that um <laughs> cruising last year this year struggling a little bit um, <laughs> I think I've got the second or third most points overall but sitting third bottoms I don't know how that's possible we're about 12 teams everyone turns our game on against me be better than me I'm doing uh, I'm a bottom of our pick'em at oh, the moment really? oh dear so <laughs> no there was you know we we even we still talk about it 
think the most recent one we've been speaking about is uh, the Miles Garrett situation. But uh, well, mm. as a fellow professional, yeah. have you ever seen anything like that on a I mean, sports I, field? I, I'd be like someone ripping someone's boot off and hitting them with it. It's, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's it's pretty crazy. I think they escalated pretty quickly and insanely, didn't it? So it's. Uh, I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's an interesting one. So obviously, he's he's got his ban indefinitely as well, and mm. we'll see how long that's going to be. But like I said, most recent we were there last year. Um, can't remember if it was been Jacksonville. It was there. Or mm. St. Louis were there as well. Yes. Um, and the atmosphere was was amazing. So I think it shows that the, the game's continuing to grow over here. There's there's a lot more people watching it, a lot of backing for it, and you know it's. It's exciting. The Chiefs, are, of course, are leading the AFC West at the moment. Could get another home playoff game. Mm-hmm. Might get to the championship game like they did last year mm-hmm. against the Patriots. That was a, a tough one for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, if they get that far, do you think that you'll try and get along to Arrowhead? Maybe see if you can wangle a ticket for uh, one of, course, of the playoff games. Of course, it's, it's right in the middle of our pre-season. Um, we weren't able to, to get there last year, but it's... No, it's something. Obviously, I think the tickets will be. You'll be scraping the barrel to try and get one for that. Um, <laughs> you know, it's sold out pretty much every week. So, you know, if they got to the Super Bowl, it's going to be it's going to be insane. But no, it's something. Obviously, I'd, I'd love to be a part of going to see that, um, especially an occasion like that. And just finally, Johnny, the fact I mean, you were talking about your your Derby County mates were when you were there were, were into it as well. Mm-hmm. Why do you think so many footballers? Are interested in the NFL. I mean, it, the sport has grown so much, um, and we've seen a, a lot of a lot of people hooking onto it in the last five or ten years, especially in the UK. Yeah. With you know the, the games that we've seen in mm. at Wembley and, and latterly at Tottenham. What is it about it? Is it is is it the, the culture around it? Is it is it the, the color, the fan experience? Well, I mean, obviously Arrowhead's an amazing place to go and watch sport. Why, why is it, do you think, that so many footballers have got into it? Um, honestly, I don't know what it is. You know, I got into it originally just from playing night games and not being able to sleep. So it was always on the TV. So that's how I got into it, watching it. It's, uh, how long did it take to understand the rules? I still don't understand them all. You know. <laughs> don't think anyone does but it's, and it's for me it was just exciting I know there's a lot of people say it oh, a lot of stoppages but mm. you know, when the when the play is actually live and you see these guys it's it's an exciting sport to watch yeah. very very fast high impact game and uh, I don't know it's just something that, that drew me in and I think that'll be the same for a lot of people but like you said it's a, a sport that's continuing to grow over here I think especially with the deals that they're, they're putting on now especially with Tottenham Stadium um, guaranteeing a certain amount of games here because I know they're, they're going to sell them out it's going to be it's going to be a big occasion and I think the more it goes on like that the more it will continue to grow um, and I think the more people probably get involved in it over here now um, having seen what it's like I can see can see the UK in the next few years definitely definitely trying to start something up here mm. so no, if, that, if that's the case and that'll be really exciting as well yeah well I know you're you're trying to get fit again for mm. the start of the new MLS season and you, we've obviously got the Scotland playoffs mm. to come in March so I wish you the best with that and um 
from a, a Giants point of view, good luck with that. You might, you might, you might be getting a high draft pick. I know. I've a, <laughs> a Giants adopted adopted Chiefs fan, but adopted. No, well, I, you know, I don't think there's a Giants Chiefs Super Bowl this year, but the Chiefs have got a good chance. They, so. they definitely do. So no, it's uh, exciting twenty twenty. It's, it's just any game, to be honest. I, I just love watching, love watching the sport. I'm just a fan of the sport in general. So no, it's it's not looking. Not looking like it's going to be the Giants anytime soon, but uh, you can't quit on your team when they're losing, can you? Quite right, quite right. Johnny, great to see you. Good luck with the, the rehab and um, the Chiefs get the Super Bowl. We might see you there. Hope so, hope so. So great interview there, Paul. Absolutely. The guy loves his football. What can you say? You know, and, you know, he's in the culture and I love the idea of, you know, that the sports players talk to each other. You know, I know he says he's yet to meet Mahomes and that in person, but you know, there, you know, there's, there is the baseball there, there's the soccer there, there's the NFL. There's a respect for the for the fan base there. You know, you've got the advantage of, you know, if you're a fan of Sporting KC, you'll be a fan of the Chiefs, you'll be a fan of, you know, the baseball Royals. So, you know, there's a, there's a great crossover amongst people. And and good luck to Johnny Russell. The other thing I like about Johnny Russell is he travels all the time. You know. To come and play for Scotland doesn't always get picked, but you know he would travel from the states here, there, and everywhere. He's a guy who loves to play for his country, and I wish him well. Yeah, absolutely, great to hear him. Obviously, he like so many of us picked his team because it was the first team that he saw at Wembley. He's gone to the games. Um, he loves the sport. Uh, really fascinated to hear that he's still in a fantasy league with some of the boys from Derby. Um, so you know, it's you hear about some of these leagues at teams. I remember when we spoke to Henry Pergos. There's a fantasy league at Edinburgh Rugby. Um, we've we've yet to be invited to any of these, though, Paul. I feel like this has got to be a name of ours. Yeah, we've got to. I mean, the, the, the Glasgow Warriors boys are massive into their fantasy football as well. We need to try and crack an interview with one of them to talk about it. But I said it before the interview, I'm saying it afterwards, we will only speak to people that love the game. Absolutely, totally agree. Uh, right, so before we wrap up then, any news items tickling your fancy? Yeah, I mean, the, the the one, and I think what we'll do is we'll we'll leave it over till next week, is the awful announcing are uh, asking people to rate the 2019 NFL announcers. So I think I'd like to talk a little bit more about that on the programme next week because, it, you know, we're almost out of time on this week. But it's always a fascinating site. If you've never looked at it, it's simply awfulannouncing.com. Brilliant stuff all about television uh, and how it's covered. You know, there's a Fox tab, NBC, CBS. They've just got a really good insight. You know, they're not, um, you know, they don't favour any particular team. They don't favour any particular people. uh, And they just get on with it. Um, One of the things that that comes out of this, and this is the, the news bit for me, because this will be interesting to see where this goes, is did you know that President Trump is looking to buy an advert on Fox Super Bowl's live broadcast. No presidential candidate has ever did purchase uh, an ad in CBS Super Bowl 50. Um, so, you know, Trump wants to have a wee advert. It'll be interesting to see in a presidential election year whether he will and whether the Democrats will fire back <laughs> as well. It's, a, it's an interesting one. You know, you, you have got to have money. 
you know, you know, it, you can pay up to six million dollars, five and a half, six million dollars, um, to get an advert on one of these things. So, no candidate did it last year or Super Bowl's fifty telecast, should I say, in twenty sixteen, because obviously it's a presidential election. But Trump is apparently considering it, and as far as I can see, there's nothing to stop you. Uh, from doing so if you're going to pay that particular price tag. That's an aside. We'll see, but check out the site, Awful Announcing. It's uh, awfully good. Yeah, I'd like to hear some Scottish views on what you think that Trump uh, advert should be. That would be some interesting <laughs> content, um, oh, for sure. Absolutely. And, and for balance, if you want to make a Sanders Warren uh, or Biden one as well, yeah. we, we'd love to see them. You know, I could just say, you know, my name's Joe Biden. I've always supported, you know, the Chicago 49ers. Um, you know, because some of these guys don't have a clue. I'm just picking on him out there. You know, it, it there is few things worse than politicians trying to fake an interest in sport when they've got no interest in sport. Yes. But th- but that's for another podcast. Yes. One last thing then before we go. Sure. I don't know if you've seen this. It's pretty much hot off the press. On Instagram uh, and on Twitter, Antonio Brown has posted the following. Mr. Kraft, I apologise sincerely to you and your organisation. All I wanted to be was an asset to the organisation. Sorry for the bad media and the drama. Thank you sincerely, AB. Uh, some of the people to like that... Julian Edelman, Tom Brady, um, Philip Dorsett. Well, I wonder. Now, there's because there's cap space and no, things aren't no, no. firing all that well in New England. Will we see Antonio Brown back with the Patriots? God, I hope not. I mean, if, if, we're, if we're coming to this, you know, when I was in primary five at Wardy, uh, I pushed a guy in the playground. Now, it didn't mean it. Um, I feel I acted badly. Uh, I apologise <laughs> to my class. To the teacher, uh, to the school, um, to my parents, uh, to my brother and sister, if, if they were affected in any way. For goodness, it's all about timing. Why wait this long? I mean, it is the Antonio Brown Bobag Award for a reason. <laughs> Bobag. I think the most scandalous thing about all that, Paul, is that you can think of nothing you've done since you were in primary five to apologise for. I do not believe that for a minute. <laughs> nothing that I'm putting on a podcast, that's for sure. Right, on that note, that there's more on that to follow next week, I'm sure. <laughs> that concludes everything then for episode 76. Keep your feedback coming. Make sure that you follow us on Twitter at ScotlandNFL and on Facebook, www.facebook.com forward slash ScotlandNFL. Please keep sharing the podcast. Give us a review on iTunes. Get in touch with any thoughts, comments or subjects you'd like to see us cover and tell us if you like the Johnny Russell interview. Yes, do. Please do. Our weekly awards will return next week. Keep them coming. We love reading them. Get yourself along to the Golf Tavern in Edinburgh or Committee Room 9 in Glasgow and watch the games with some other fans this Sunday. That sounds pretty good. Remember to make your selection in our McBookie's Pick'em competition. Continue to vote for Jamie to go to the Pro Bowl and enjoy Week 12. We'll be back next week to pick apart all the highlights in the news. But until then, bye for now.